0: Hey PodNuts, Corey here from Instant House Call. Whether you're a break-fix tech who needs to provide remote support on demand without pre-installed software, or a managed service provider who wants to connect to unattended PCs anytime, Instant House Call makes remote support easy. I want to invite you to try Instant House Call free for yourself. Go to podnuts.com and click on the link in the show notes, then use the promo code PODNUTS. Instant House Call is the best remote support on Earth. We can prove it. Try it free now and see for yourself. Welcome to Podnet's Daily, episode number 489, a show for computer repair techs by computer repair techs. I'm your host, Jeff Allich. I'm joined today by Sean Scarfo from Creative Tech Solutions. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. No problem. Welcome to the show, most definitely. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in computer repair?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I guess... It goes back to, like a lot of people, to start playing with computers uh, when I was a kid back in the probably mid '90s. Um, dad sent me a, an old used 386 SX, um, and I started to tinker. Um, back in the, you know, when we had, you know, I think it was DOS five at the time, and you know, I started playing with okay you know, how can I install this game or how can I install that game? And back in the DOS days, you only had so much uh, conventional memory and you had to tweak that, um, the settings, in. and, and it just went from there. Um, then I started doing upgrades myself, and when I hit 16, I uh, started working for a local computer repair store. Um, found that was an easy way to uh, get, get cheap parts, and... <laughs> um after uh, high school i went directly uh, straight into the uh, workforce um helping another uh, shop who did mainly uh small and medium businesses um just started getting into uh, networks back then with, i think it was windows nt3 or 3.5 something like that um and then over the years um just started jumping into different opportunities um i've worked as a system administrator I've worked a uh, help desk and come come down to Florida, um, changed a few things, did a pivot, and started digging into networking. And now I've uh, decided to branch out on my own. And I've just launched my own uh, business just recently. And I'm start uh, managing uh, clients and their devices on a monthly basis.
0: Wow. Well, that's a great background there. Sounds like you've got uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things that you've learned along the way. So you decided to go into business for yourself. Was there a reason for that?
1: Um, I saw the need that my particular area has a lot of need where small businesses um, usually are started by owners down here in Florida that just slap things together and get running as quickly as possible. And that works really great for the short term, but once they hit year two, year three, um, and their business starts growing, um, they start having some growing pains, and some of that can be, you know, just managing, um, you know, imaging the uh, the workstations. You know, business owners are good at what they do; they're not good at managing their computers, their networks, and whatnot. So I provide a service to take all that
0: pressure away from them. That's good. Yeah, a lot of times that's basically what we do in this business is we're out there to help the the end user to be able to do what they do best, and so we can kind of take care of things in the background and have them running consistently or pretty consistently. Nothing's perfect, and that's why we're there to uh, swoop in and save the day sometimes. Exactly. So moving on from there, so you decided you saw a need in the marketplace, which I think is really cool. And you decided to fill it. Now, have you? I know it's it's fairly new, but have you decided what types of things you do, or are you doing a little bit of everything? Well, my focus
1: is small, to medium businesses; those companies that are you know, less than 100 employees. Um, you know, my main goal is to protect pr- protect them from disaster. So, um, we have basically two plans with my company. Um, a manager, uh, I'm sorry, a monitor and backup where we monitor all the systems in the devices and make uh, weekly backups. That way, if for some reason they have a disaster where a workstation catches fire or they're building a down because of a hurricane, they have a way to recover worst case scenario. And then we have a, a full managed uh, a services package where if anything goes wrong or if they need any kind of software installed um, they can give us a call and we can either remote in or go on site to take care of their problems in a heartbeat in this way that gives them the kind of uh, peace of mind that they can just focus on what they do best i focus on what i do best
0: that's awesome very cool so in so you're basically now you don't deal with any residential at this point Not at this point.
1: No, residential is um, something for the uh,
0: the strong, and I don't think I'm quite strong enough to handle the residential (laughs) side right now. (laughs) You know what? One of my friends has always said that he goes because he supports all businesses, and he'll say things like, "You know, sometimes I think it is harder to support residential because you never know what you're walking into, and everything is different. There is no standardization. You're not you're not seeing a a Dell line, you're seeing Dells, HPs, Lenovo's, whatever. And so a lot of times you're, you don't know what you're going into and that can take a lot of time to try to figure all that stuff out.
1: Exactly. And also controlling the expectation from the get-go is a little more difficult. And when you have a, a little old lady that, you know, she can't get a printer working, or she just recently got a, you know, camera or whatever, um, To try to explain that to the process to get that up and running can be significantly more difficult than it is to a a business person. Um, It all depends on the scenario, um, but I decided at this point I'm not dealing with residents at this point.
0: I got you. No, and that makes perfect sense. A lot of people actually take a long time to niche down into something that they want to do for their business. And it sounds like you've you've already found your niche. Of what you like to do, and I think that's good because you can become the best at that, and also build your client base around that. And it makes it a lot easier on you, and it makes it good for your clients because you know that the back end of their systems, from front to back, which makes it really nice.
1: Exactly, and it can be more focused. You know, there, you know, I would like to say every business that comes my way is going to be a perfect fit, but in the end, not every business. Um, is going to be a perfect fit for, for my company or others. And it's about finding those perfect fits, which makes a good business relationship.
0: Right, exactly. So what are some of the things that uh, you're seeing right now is a problem with, uh, you know, things that are happening with your clients as far as things breaking down and things that you've got to address on a regular basis?
1: Since I've just recently started, a my client, my client base is just starting to grow. Um, but what I've seen when I'm doing my first meeting is I'm seeing, um, open fi access points and not just open, not just open for like a guest network, but open to their, their main business network, um, where anyone can just get on, you know, it's going to be a small restaurant, you know, Hey, I'll go ahead and get our, you know, our wifi. And then you can get to their POS systems from that network or, um, I've seen uh, a couple other companies who give out their password freely. You know, it is is secured, but then it still connects to their main network. And um that's just a big no no in uh today's
0: changing times. Yeah, exactly. Talk about compliance, especially when you're taking credit cards and all that kind of stuff. That's a that's a big no no to have two networks and in open networks that's gonna cross you know cross the POS network
1: exactly i mean we're all uh you know
0: dealing with the whole
1: um equifax thing that's going on right now um you know 140 million americans are are potentially exposed and it came so far the investigation has been announced that it's was something to do with um a poor poorly set up network down in one of their offices down in south america and uh If they would just have taken a little more due diligence, they could have saved a lot of heartache. Um, And that's what I'm trying to express to these businesses is, you know, lock down your Wi-Fi at very minimum. You know, I went, there's some very basic things a business can do to give themselves some peace of mind and it costs almost nothing. Um, And that's locking down their Wi-Fi, making sure that's separate networks for guests and um, their employees have some kind of a uh, backup solution in place. Um, so heaven forbid their businesses burned down. Um, they can still open up shop in their garage and still continue on. And then, um, lastly, you know, um uh, want to cry the, you know, crypto locker viruses now, um, it has encouraged people to get antivirus even more so now.
0: You know, and that's, that's amazing because, um, you know, even with things like antivirus, I, I'm still seeing probably that there's probably two major ways that things are getting through a network and onto a workstation or a server. And that's either, well, not not so much a server, but on a workstation, an email attachment or a, um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's one other way that they're actually getting in. Uh, oh, yeah. Updates. Third-party updates. Windows updates. All the updates that are not being done on these systems on a regular basis. And I see it all the time where you walk in somewhere and all of a sudden you're like going, man, this thing hasn't been updated in like a year and a half. What's going on? And the customer doesn't know. And they're like, they're clueless. They're like, well, it it worked up until now. Well, yeah, it's so riddled with infections, but a lot of that probably could have been mitigated by just having regular updates done.
1: Yeah. I mean, the NHS, you know, got taken down. From the want to cry you know, crypto locker because um, they weren't running some of the basic updates. And I, I get it, businesses have to run and they, they don't need to focus on um, technology as much, but that's why you, you hire an outside person, like a managed service provider, to do that for you. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of businesses get infected by a, a USB drive. And that's why a lot of um, companies like McAfee and Symantec are doing. Um, endpoint encryption to lock down you know, USB ports on systems now, because last thing you want to do is bring one in from home. So once I share a funny picture or a funny video, and you know, make sure you know, your uh, network's taken down for a day or two days or three days, that's just a lot of money lost.
0: You know, the funny thing is though, it, when it comes to those, I see them. I see them where I'll I'll plug in a USB stick with my tools on it, and mine's a lockdown version. But at the same time. There's a pop-up that comes up and says, Do you want to scan this drive? And I'm on a customer's machine and I'm like, no, I don't want to scan my drive. And as a matter of fact, I'm gonna drag these files over here and I'm gonna put them on a the desktop and I'm gonna run them. And you know what those you know what those things do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So it amazes me.
1: Yep, and that's why I recommend like more of a managed solution that um locks the user out from even allowing that. Um, Web Root is one that uh, I've been using. Um, McAfee has one, Trend Micro, so that to even allow files to be copied over, you have to have some kind of uh, AV password or administrator password for um, that software to allow that to happen.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. I guess it's better than gluing the USB port shut, right? Oh,
1: yes, the good old... Uh, Ways I've heard what the military was doing back in uh, XP and you know, Windows ME days or Windows Seven days.
0: Hey, hot glue and epoxy, man, they work. They work wonders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what types of? So, we talked about the types of things that you do in your business. What are some of the tools that you use on a regular basis, software and hardware?
1: Let's let's start with software. Software wise, uh, good AV like Webroot. Um, it keeps a system protected, and it's you know, pretty lightweight. Um, oh, where's another one? <sighs> Give me just a second. We pull up. Uh... Uh, I use another tool called uh, Belarc Advisor as well to pull all the system information um, before I do any kind of um, installation to make sure all their software's updated and has the correct keys that they need. I've seen a lot of systems where they have duplicate keys on the same network, and then when they go to reactivate or do an update, then one of the machines can't update. Um, Let's see, the next tool I use is a tool called uh, Space Sniffer. It's a uh, free tool out there where it can scan the entire drive, and show it in a uh, graphical format where it shows you where all the space is taken up. It's helpful for those stations that uh, keep running out of space. You know, um, I work with um, creative individuals that uh, have video editing companies, and they don't realize they have you know, gigs and gigs of temp files for all their transcoding. And uh, it's very helpful to find out where those are really quickly. Um, on the hardware side, I am a MicroTik guy. MicroTech is a hardware vendor, I believe, based out of Latvia. And in my uh, short you know, three-year, four-year experience with them, um, it's hardware that can compete with Cisco about 85% of the time, have the, all the features, um, but costs the tenth of the price with no additional licensing after you buy it. So it's so cheap that you can buy... Two and then not blink an eye. And it's Microtik as well as uh, Ubiquiti have been replacing a a lot of the routers in the small business market um, because they're so effective. Um, They're so very reliable. I've had Microtik routers up for two and a half years without having to require a reboot. And I can't say I've ever (laughs) said that for, say, a Netgear or a Linksys or some other small business router. Out in the field
0: okay that's good that's good to know yeah i've never heard of that company that's very very interesting um what uh you know talking about the 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 software and hardware i want to go back to software for a minute what are you using for your rmm i'm using ninja okay all right i like ninja because it gives me an
1: all-in-one dashboard to see which machines have been updating Um, which machines need an update if there's potentially a problem or if machines keeps rebooting on a constant basis or getting blue screens i can see that remotely Um, also if there's any kind of driver conflicts and uh, it's been a breeze to use really uh, easy to use kind of uh, tool makes it all uh, much you know a small business owner's life so much easier um, when you're starting up and you have one or just two people
0: all right, so let's go. We can go back into the hardware now. So, what what other types of uh, you know are you are there particular tools that you use as far as uh, for cleanups and, and different things like that? A lot of the
1: the cleanups I've had to gone through is um, completely re imaging m- machines, and usually I'll I'll bring with me a um, a dual drive you know, USB docking station um, that I can slap a, one of my drives in and one of their drives in and do a direct copy or be able to just attach it to their system to be able to re-image, uh, but still re- maintain their their files. Um, that's probably the number one tool I use. Another tool is I'll probably bring, I'll bring my own Wi-Fi access point in and check to see what um, channels are in use just to do a, a sniff of the, the frequencies. And you'd be surprised how many people leave their access points on auto. And what, what people don't know is auto only works upon boot-up, unless it's something like Google, uh, Google Wi-Fi or something that has you know, multiple antennas um, and that monitors the airtime. Another tool I, I love to use is called the password key. And basically, it's a USB key you can get on Amazon and allows you to be able to boot into a Windows system to bypass a unencrypted uh, Windows system to be able to log in. There's been so many times I've been to a location and say, hey, we have this laptop. We've had it here for a year and a half and can't log into it, but it has vital files. Uh, what can you do? And they have no idea that they can pull the drive out and look at it. But using this you know, $25 USB key, I can buy, uh, bypass the password, blank it out, and then be able to log in so they can get to their files and be up and running again.
0: Very cool. Now, obviously this is probably on a, uh, on a local, uh, a local user, right? As far as not a Microsoft user or something like that?
1: If they're a part of an AD uh, domain, it will. Um, this USB key can enable the local admin user and blank out the password if needed. As long it it can bypass any system that is not using some kind of drive encryption. If it's using BitLocker or some kind of endpoint encryption, it absolutely will not work. And that's why a lot of uh, places are using endpoint encryption, uh, besides just protecting their systems from being lost. Um, but this has saved my butt so many times in these small businesses that don't run a Active Directory, you know, domain system right now, because uh, they just they buy their laptops at Best Buy or they buy their laptops at um, Costco, and they hire their employees. The employees say for four or six months, and then they leave. And then they don't know the passwords to the
0: system right there. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. Now, have you decided on a, a specific vendor for your laptops, desktops that you might be selling?
1: I am for laptops. I lean towards Lenovo, but it has to be a spec- there's a specific line of Lenovo that I'm still investigating to make sure it doesn't come with the uh, pre built-in malware because <laughs> <laughs> they had. They got burned by that a couple of years back um, for servers though. It's Dell all the way um, Dell um, business support and enterprise support is phenomenal to be able to get a part within um, four business hours is awesome. And plus uh, Dell used um, machines still can last a very long time for those businesses that can't afford a four or five or $10,000 server they can get a uh, sub $1,000 server off of eBay and it can still do a lot of the functions that they need be very cost-effective. for them.
0: So now what, what are the types of things uh, uh, do you do as far as uh, in your business at this point? A
1: lot of it has been s- setting up networks for um, multi-site businesses. So VPN tunnels across the board, um, micro makes that uh, pretty easy. Also, uh, Another big thing that's been happening recently is people uh, filtering out uh, content so content filtering um, there's a lot of uh, firewalls and and devices out there that um, have that built in at a subscription level um, but the way I can make microtech work is I can have it subscribe to um, an allowable I'm sorry a a list of blacklists that blacklist anything that can contain malware and when that list gets updated all the microtics within uh, my network and my customers networks get updated uh, on the fly now now who provides that service there is a another microtic um, provider over in england and he basically uh, subscribed to one of the premier lists that some ISPs um, subscribe to and then he Divvy up a script that he automatically updates using a BGP, and then that go ahead that goes ahead and updates all the routes for all the routers that subscribe to him.
0: Nice, and that's a free service. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Very nice. Yeah, that's definitely a way to do it. Now, I, obviously, you can go in and adjust those as needed per business, right?
1: Oh, yes, you can update those per business. So, if someone absolutely needs to have Let's we'll just say you know, one, two, three China. And one, two, three China has been blocked, but they need to actually have it because they're certainly do business with that that person, and their site just got caught into the the filter. You can set an allow rule, and boom, their entire business network can allow to go through now. And we can we can also be more specific, be specific where we can just allow one workstation to do that if we absolutely have to. But a lot of time in the small business world, you know, it, it's an all or nothing kind of thing. You know, usually everybody wants to be able to view it or no one.
0: Gotcha. Now, where do you actually buy the MicroTix from?
1: There are distributors and resellers of it in the U.S. I buy a lot of my gear from a company called ISP Supplies. Uh, They're based in Texas. And their claim to fame at first was supporting um, wireless internet providers, WISPs. And that's how uh, Microtick got into the business, actually, because they were providing wireless um, endpoints for that. And then they started getting into um, delivering small business routers, and now they're up to starting to move into the enterprise market.
0: Okay. Now, do they have a a, a basically a UTM or anything like that as of yet, or is it something they're working on? Um, They don't have a UTM yet, so everything is
1: individually managed. Um, But there's a developer in uh, Europe who has developed a – a config management system um, around Microtech called Unimis, U-N-E-M-I-S. And basically using SNMP, you have all the devices connected and it can pull down the configs in a heartbeat and show you what's been changed as you go along. So you can try to keep everything the same or have something specific use case uh, modified.
0: Okay. That makes it pretty simple. So what, In what other things, you said you're using WebRoot. Uh, obviously, you're probably using that through Ninja, correct?
1: Yes, I'm using that through Ninja. Um, but for those customers that absolutely cannot go manage, they, they want to be break-fixed, they want to be hourly, I still make the suggestion to get WebRoot at, at very minimum. And um, that way they save some, a little bit of hassle. Um, for those people that need a backup but they can't go. They can't afford a, a managed subscription for, you know, their workstations. Then I get them set up with Backblaze, on a per work, you know, per VIP workstation. That way they have some kind of protection. I always want to step on um, the side of right for the customer, even if it's not making me, you know, the top end doll. I want to make sure at least they're taken care of and they have peace of mind.
0: Absolutely, yeah. There's many things you can do when it comes to that stuff. Now let me ask you about a Backblaze in itself. I cuz I'm I'm working through a thing with Carbonite right now where I was selling it to my customers and I was doing a local version on a external drive and the cloud version because I figured if you have something in three different places there's there's definitely a chance that one can break and there is a fairly good chance that two can break at the same time but the chances of three breaking all at the same time not very likely but now they are not offering the local uh, service. So are, when you're doing things like Backblaze, is it just the cloud solution or how do you deal with that?
1: For those customers that can't afford a, a full managed solution where they have a NAS on site as well as a cloud backup, then it's straight to the cloud. Because that way, at least their files are in two separate locations. So if their building burns down, they all they have to do is get another computer up, sign into their Backblaze account, and up and going, they can do a restore. Um, I would love for every business to have a local centralized NAS for their network. Um, that way, they have a local backup there and as well as cloud. But if they can only afford a cloud, then at least it's better than
0: nothing. Yep, I, I agree. Definitely. Now, as far as the, the, um, services that you offer for backup for your your small businesses what are you using for that
1: um before they teamed up with uh ninja um i was using cloudberry and now they're starting to integrate directly within ninja uh, which is going to make my life so much easier um in this way you can subscribe to um you know, different offerings out there like uh, the backblazes b2 for businesses and basically they're just paying p- for storage usage at that point um, but we, when it's integrated with ninja now you can see um, how everything is backing up when the schedule is running and that way if someone needs to do a restore on a, on a file they got either got corrupted or deleted or moved um, you can do that um, easily through the ninja interface now
0: very cool now as far as cloud- cloudberry is concerned, are you can obviously you can do the localized backup, you can do the cloud backup. Now is how is the the price point for that compared to other services out there?
1: It's kind of middle of the road. But one thing I liked about it it was it made it really simple to use. And uh, like I said in the beginning, for a one man show it it has to be simple so you can be very agile. You have to be able to get in front of people to meet and greet and retain those customer relationships that you started um, for them to stay healthy. And if you're working with tools that are cumbersome, take a long time to use, uh, that just doesn't happen. Everything falls else to the wayside.
0: Now, what are the now? Obviously, there's different components of uh, you know the the CloudBerry backup solution, but wh- how does it work? Uh, just kind of a, a simple rundown of basically what they do and and how they do it. That's maybe a little bit different than everybody else.
1: So they have different versions of CloudBerry. And basically, it's a software tool that can back up to a provider. It's just a sim- it's a simple tool that gets installed on each machine that can run um, the backup jobs. They have desktop slash server versions. They have the image based backup. So if you want to do a bare metal restore, you have that option. And then you have the more enterprise high performance backups for SQL exchange or the combination of their both. And of course is run different pricing. Um, Majority of my customers use just a plain desktop server. Um, I always recommend having the image back solution for any of the servers that are vital to their business. So if they if that server wasn't on for a day or two days, you know how bad would that hurt? And if it says it would hurt bad, then that definitely gets imaged. Um, and this allows you to use AWS or Backblaze B2 um, and pay just per gig um, for storage usage. That's great for the MSP side of things because then where you can have one um massive account on B2 or AWS or Google Cloud and have all your backups in, in one area to manage those um versus if you had them with different services um then you got to log into each individual account to keep track of that
0: right yeah that is that is a nice way to kind of do that and split it out so cloudberry itself is the tool and you're using another service as far as their cloud based servers to back up your all your data for as many customers as you want on there yep okay that makes sense that's a little bit different than the you know like kind of the the all-in-ones the carbonites the back and uh all these different ones that are probably the lower end is more for the residential side and then they they do have their higher end enterprise where you can get their boxes and in things to back up and do the bare metal restores and all that kind of stuff but very good and I guess the best thing about it, too, is that you can monitor it through Ninja.
1: Yes. And now that's it's being integrated within Ninja, I can monitor all in one dashboard. So that I only literally have to sign into one account to keep an eye on everything. Um, one of the other things about Ninja, uh, I'm not sure if you were aware of, um, they're also now integrating enterprise version of TeamViewer. And they allow it to... Use it for both your managed customers as well as your break fix customers. Um, I'm not sure if you knew know how much um, TeamViewer Enterprise costs, but it's usually like two grand a license uh, per year, and that's a a killer deal when you add it on add it into uh, Ninja.
0: Yep, I agree. Definitely well worth it. Yep, you got uh, all the integrations there. Now, let's speaking of that, let's move since we're talking about integrations. Let's talk about what do you use for uh, tickets, invoicing, uh, you know, accounting; those different things. I'm
1: use, for accounting, I'm using FreshBooks. Okay, um, that just simplifies things from my side here. Um, for ba- a basic ticketing system, since I'm just really getting started, I'm using uh, the online version of SpiceWorks. Now, SpiceWorks has a cloud-hosted version versus uh, what they used to have is used to have a, a local install. And now you can just have a cloud, it just saves so much more time where people can just send me an e- email, it'll generate the ticket, and I'll be able to a- access it through an app on my phone and see what I need to do.
0: Very cool. I was not, a, yeah, I was not, I know Spiceworks has a lot of good stuff out there. I was not aware of that as far as ticketing and whatnot. So,
1: yep. And that's another free tool.
0: Okay. And then uh, as far as your, you know, customer management, <laughs> your CRM. What are you using for that? Anything? Don't tell me pencil paper.
1: No, no, not pencil (laughs) paper yet. Um, I'm still trying to demo a few things. Um, I'm not quite yet to ConnectWise. Um, I've used ConnectWise in the past. It's a bit cumbersome for a startup. Um, I've even used uh, Salesforce and Zoho. and I'm trying to look for something that's as nimble as Ninja is, maybe integrate with Ninja uh, to make my life a little bit easier. So right now, I'm just keeping track of things in a, uh Excel sheet for right now, um, just for basic contact management. But probably within the next 60 days, I'll, I'll be investing in something.
0: Now, have you checked out things like Repair Shopper?
1: Uh, I'm scheduled to get a demo of that later this week.
0: Okay, because they actually make- do... They do integrate with Ninja, okay. And it actually makes it kind of nice because when you're inputting a customer, there's a nice drop-down menu, and if they're a Ninja customer, you can actually uh, throw them, you know, throw them with that information in there. And you can integrate also the the um, Team Viewer. I can go into my customer database and click on Team Viewer and get the get any of my customers hooked up through that uh, with basically a click of a button. So definitely something to check out. There's there's many others out there. It's what I use right now. And, and again, for a one-person show, it's, uh, it's kind of the way for me to go.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. I can't wait to get it tested out later this week.
0: All right. So what other things uh, that you do in your business or what other things do you use that we haven't talked about yet?
1: Well, a lot of small businesses don't deploy guest Wi-Fi because they don't see the... Added value. What kind of added value does it give to a small restaurant or to a a business that does more retail than anything? And a restaurant that wants to turn tables, they usually don't want someone sitting on Wi Fi hanging out. Um, but if you're like a coffee shop like Starbucks, then you do. You want someone to keep going back there and buying coffee or snacks or whatever. And one of the things that my company does is we set up um, walled garden. Um, user managers for Wi-Fi networks. So a person to use a free guest network uh, will have to type in their their name and their email address. So that way the business um, can capture that and then market to them accordingly.
0: You know, it depends on the business, I would say. And I know that I think a lot of businesses don't do it because it, it can be a pain. And the reason is that they're trying to manage it. But if they can get an outside company to come in and manage that for them, it makes it so much easier, and you just have to sell the the value to having those customers come back and have that convenience. Exactly, and if it, if if there's not some kind of value for
1: the company for whatever solution that you're pitching, it doesn't matter. It has to be some kind of value. It be, it can be the coolest techie thing in the world, but if it doesn't add value to what they do, then it doesn't matter. What are the things they do? Uh, I go into businesses and i've been upgrading their their networks from you know ten one hundred to gigabit a lot of co- companies in my area are still running on old like cat 3 you got to be kidding me no <laughs> it's kind of brutal wow so they're getting you a know, 10 meg at best out of that sometimes um you know a lot of them are using old old original cat 5 so they're at you know 100 so i'm getting them recabled and then putting in all MicroTik products so everything can be managed and monitored and simplify their lives. That way they're not guessing what's going on. Um, You'd be surprised how many businesses like to daisy chain um, Netgear switches. And then they wonder why the person at the very end doesn't have connectivity.
0: Actually, I wouldn't be
1: surprised at all. (laughs) I've seen so many loops by someone actually unplugging. A terminal and plugging it back into a switch, and then hey, no one can get online. I'm like, yep, someone accidentally plugged
0: in a you know, switch to itself. <laughs> uh, I I can't even believe you know, and, and I've ran into it, but it, it's still kind of hard to believe that you have the the hundred megabyte instead of the gigabit network switches and whatnot now.
1: It's in my specific area of Florida it is so. The buildings aren't ancient, but the maintenance of them have not been kept up, especially with the infrastructure. Um, you know, a lot of companies are still running um, bare copper um, phone clauses. A lot of them are still haven't switched over the voice over IP yet. Um, that's another thing we, we try to help out with is if they're looking, shopping around for voice over IP, we make suggestions. Uh, we don't offer voice over IP service ourselves directly. Um, but uh, I do have experience with 3CX, Asterisk, free PBX, um, even enterprise stuff like Broadsoft. You know, I've touched all the um, major independent brands of phones like Polycom, Grandstream, Yealink, and all the Chinese brands that are out there. Um, be surprised, people are still running, you know, lines. You know, they they get like four copper lines from Verizon. And they plug that into uh, some AT&T phones they get at Best Buy. And that's how they're, they're doing their business on
0: a day-to-day basis. See, you're not going to get much sympathy from me because I, I quite honestly wish we would go back to copper lines because cell phones suck and voice over IP in most cases suck. So I don't understand how we have not been able to move this technology forward in a, in a manner that makes it as good as the copper lines used to be. You know, it's like man, it's frustrating. Well, it, can,
1: it can be if every if every network every network is MPLS. You know, have a, a direct internet access for every single location. There you go. But uh, until that happens, that's it, you know, you're going to have shoddy stuff. But luckily in my area, um, you know, we uh, most a lot of customers have access to FiOS, and um, FiOS has uh, peered very well to a lot of different uh, providers in the area. Okay. Um, I know a couple um, C-Lex in Florida who have wonderful uptime, and their call quality is fin- fabulous. Um, I've just found that with voice over IP, if it's done by the network provider, such as like Spectrum, or used to be known as Bright House down here, um, even though it's on a dedicated circuit, it's done so poorly, the customer's never happy. It could be a call quality issue. It could be a feature issue. It could be an integration issue where it, you know, they've got sold phones that just don't do what they need for their business. And it causes them heartache you know, day in and day out.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Oh, voice over IP. man. All right. So what else do you uh, what else are you doing for these businesses?
1: It comes A lot of it's um, circuit monitoring. So we monitor their, their internet circuit coming in from, you know, let it be Spectrum or down here, it's Frontier. And if they go offline, uh, we go ahead and call Spectrum or Frontier on their behalf and do all that front-end um, calling for them so they don't have to worry about that. That is a one of the biggest pain as a, a business owner is having to call your internet provider. Wait 10 minutes, to come on hold, and just to tell them, please re- reboot your modem. A business owner does not have time for that. They, they are working at the speed of light just to make sure they can make payroll. They do not have time to spend 15, 20, 30 minutes on a phone with an ISP um, just to be told to reboot their modem or do some other troubleshooting. And that's where my company comes in is I'll, I'll go ahead and take the time. I know the steps that can be done. Um, you know, for those customers that need it, we also provide um, out-of-band management where if their main circuit goes down, we can fail over to LTE uh, 4G. And that gives those customers um, the option of staying up, even though their main circuit's down.
0: Very nice. Yeah, that's that's a nice feature to have. Now, are a lot of people starting to do that because they, they have to have their internet on a daily basis? I've
1: seen more and more doctor's offices doing this, busy attorney's offices doing this. Uh, a few restaurants that are really busy do that um, there's a a new um newer uh, mexican style restaurant called uh, T- capital taco, and they probably do you know ten to fifteen thousand dollars of business a day and if they're down for even half a day that's a lot of money lost and they have to send people home that can't work well that that you know puts a really big ding into their business for the week. Um, so they they definitely they subscribe to the LTE version of their circuits. Um, other places that where they only have um, either really crappy DSL or really shoddy uh, spectrum, Bright House, they've actually moved to full time LTE for their phones. They depend on that for their phones day and day out because the other circuits have proven to be so unreliable. Yeah, it's not something you hear
0: often. We're going to run off our wireless network for, uh, you know, for a while.
1: If you have a customer that needs an option, get them set up with some kind of LTE on either Verizon or at t whichever they have better uh, signal strength with in that area. And their voice over IP will stay rock solid on one of those two networks. Um, I'm not so confident on, you know, the Sprint. And usually right now with T-Mobile's spotty coverage, it's kind of hard on that as well. Um, But if you can get something on uh, Verizon or AT&T, uh, it works. You wouldn't think it would work with the, the additional latency, but it just works.
0: Good to know. And I think a lot of times, too, that's going to be depending on your area. Because it, out of the four services that are out, four main services, or the four main services that have towers, it's going to be, de- you know, definitely dependent on what area you're in and who you have the best signal with. So they're, they're definitely… Uh, it changes wherever you go over the United States. Mm-hmm.
1: And the best providers even have spotty coverage, depending on where you're traveling from. And I was in the area where I had to evacuate Florida for Irma. And I, on my way back into Florida, I, I decided to take the uh, more back trail way. And I have AT&T. And for miles and miles and miles, I had no no coverage. I'm like, I pray I don't break down. I was like play, please don't break down, please don't break down. No no there was no coverage um and then when you know, you get back to you know busy roads and and t and Verizon pick right back up,
0: it was nice, very good. All right, anything else for the most part, they just if you don't have the resources to do it yourself,
1: you find someone that can do it for you to you know give you some peace of mind Because... In this day and age, we can't go unprotected, and we can't be uh, the next Equifax. And I remember, I don't know if it was this past Christmas season or the season before that, we saw in the news uh, with Target. Target losing all those credit card numbers. And that was a big wake-up call. <laughs> be careful where you go with your credit card, even, because even, even the best people um, you know, have problems. You can only do, do your own due diligence um, for your own business.
0: Yeah, I, see, I'm still a firm believer that there's two types of companies out there. There's those that have been hacked, and there's those that don't know they've been hacked yet. <laughs> because yeah. every system is vulnerable, and here's here's the reason I say that. Yeah, the target situation was an inside job. Basically, a heating and cooling company came in. They had put uh, you know road code on there that was able to capture, because these credit card readers read the number do the transaction then they do not remember the number but if you can catch it in between time while it's taking the number and verifying it and you capture that information you can walk away with it so until we get rid of like people there will always be these problems
1: yeah until then i mean we just have to do the best we can and get the right people in play um you know if it's not going to be me Let it be some other person. Um, As long as you're keeping up on all the updates, um, it makes your chances a lot better
0: than the next guy. Absolutely. Well, it's one of those things, too. It's like you, you lock your doors in your house for a reason. You lock the doors in your car for a reason. These are all basically to protect you from these situations that might happen. That's basically for honest people. So you're gonna have less uh, less intrusion that way. But if somebody really wanted in, they would just kick the door down or you know it break in, break the window on the car or whatever. So, but if you have nothing in place, here here's the thing: criminals usually go for the low hanging fruit. The easy targets out there is what they grab a hold of and run with because it's easy. So don't be the easy target. Be the one that you know what you got to step through some hoops in order to get what my customers got. And a lot of times, people just turn and walk away. So that's a good thing. Yep. All right, Sean. Well, I appreciate you coming out and sharing all this info of things that you use. I learned some new things because uh, I I hadn't heard of some of these, uh, you know, hardware vendors and whatnot. So that was uh, interesting. And some of the tools you're using and how you're doing your business. I think it's great. And I think you got a lot of things going on. I definitely appreciate that.
1: Well, thank you very much uh, for having me. And uh, if anyone has any questions, anyone will uh, reach out to me. Um, My website uh, is creativetechsolutions.xyz. Yes, I did say .xyz. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you're more likely to be on social media, uh, I do have a Twitter account for the business uh, called CTSHelp123. And uh, I usually respond to people within, you know, five, 10 minutes.
0: Okay. You put that challenge out there. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing. Like I said, it's uh it's been wonderful and I enjoyed the conversation. That's awesome. You can find me on Google Plus at Jeffrey Hellish or Twitter at TechNutPC. If you'd like to be a guest on this show, you can send an email to guest at podnuts.com. And I want to thank our sponsor, Instant House Call, for this episode of Podnuts Daily. Don't forget if you need business pay work to get you started in your computer repair business, then check out the link for the Technible Computer Business Kit over at podnuts.com deals. Help support the Podnuts Network by giving a dollar a month through our subscribe button over at podnuts.com or patreon.com podnuts. I want to thank everyone for listening and subscribing to the show. We'll see you next time on Podnuts Daily. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.